Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, Sam, Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. We got plenty of wrestling here for you today and really every week from NWA Power to WWE Raw to AEW and NXT, which is what we're covering here on the October 23rd edition of the Wednesday Night War podcast. I am joined by two esteemed colleagues, Mr. Warren Hayes, who had NXT duty tonight and is in America and then we have the man who hosts Sour Graps on FightfulSelect.com. If you're wondering where he has been banished to, yeah. where he has been sent to, so you can never hear him, it's FightfulSelect.com. He's on there two shows a week talking trash about Raw and SmackDown. But tonight, he's here talking trash about NXT and AEW. It's Alex Pawlowski. First off, Warren, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, uh, America, for welcoming me into your country. It's been an experience so far. I have not, uh, I've not uh, received any egregious harm. Met some wonderful people. Not wonderful, been shot yet. That's it's quite the that you made it. You're made it through a few days in America without getting shot or shot at. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, fingers crossed that the streak will end. You know, I'm I did come for the full experience, so you know. Yeah, well, we'll maybe maybe it'll just be a, let's hope it's just a 22 alex you're firing off those pew, 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 bullets twice a week on fightfulselect.com uh yes that's i've been i've been ostracized to my very own show where i have creative control <laughs> <laughs> i got an I, I was telling alex off the air i got an honest to god q a question on my select show that i went off about this week, somebody's like, let's be real, you terminated Alex. I'm like, Alex has his own show and is getting paid more now than he was before. He's doing all right, I think. Check out Sour Graps. There is a free preview edition up on yes. podcast platforms everywhere. That one was really good. I loved it, uh, as opposed to the others, which are not very good at all. No, they're they're uh, really lackluster. <laughs> <laughs> send a super chat any amount guys that'll get your question or statement read on the air tim traver says i totally enjoy alex's shows on fightful select alex you're doing an awesome job keep up the great work more like keep up Thank the grape work yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> another pun <laughs> leave a thumbs up make sure you guys subscribe if you're watching live on youtube like i reminded you super chats I'm like that. You ever been to a Pizza Hut in the 90s, that little fortune teller thing? Yes. Give me a quarter. I'll tell you the fortune. Give me a quarter. I love quarters. I'm doing that for Super Chat. That's me. That's me. Uh, but 
You can also ask as many questions as you want over on FightfulSelect.com. I do a Q&A every couple of weeks. Without further ado, we're reviewing NXT first tonight. Thanks to some haps on the graps tonight, some stuff went down. Some stuff went down. But we let off with what I thought was a, a great match to lead off with, Warren. Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. About this time, Alex is like, Oh, why didn't I take a, uh, NXT? Damn it! Mm. But this was fun. I liked it. It, it eventually incorporated Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, but these are two women we're going to see matching up quite a bit over the next 10 years. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is only this is only the beginning. Uh, this is, uh, it, you know, if you had any doubt as to whether or not they were positioning Rhea for something big, well... <laughs> your doubts must have been squashed tonight because she was in there to look like a million bucks. She took uh, uh, Bianca's big power offense and was kicking out and Bianca was doing the, what? This usually kills everyone else. You know, the, 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 those expressions. Um, Ripley is, look, she's, um, she's done everything right since being drafted into NXT UK. Management fell quickly in love with her. They're back again. They, they brought her over to, uh, to, from NXT over, uh, NXT UK, excuse me, to NXT. Uh, and clearly they have a big, big plan for her. If I'm, if I'm being a little, you know, if I go down the, 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 the booking uh, route, I kind of think that they're clearly grooming her for Shayna so that Shayna can get another big victory. I think that's where they're going with this. Um, but don't get me wrong, she's crazy over. She's been over since the minute she dropped her foot in an NXT ring when she when when she showed up to nose to nose against Shayna. Um, this is going to where they're leading us down this path. I'm all here for it. It was a, it was a fantastic match, and I love the ending. I love the storyline intertwining at the end with Io Shirai and Candice coming over. I thought it was fantastic. I'm okay with the convoluted finish this time around because these are these are four talents worth protecting. I think especially when you've got Bianca, Rhea, and Io there. I think Candice is kind of bulletproof to an extent, uh, to in her own special sort of way. Uh, Alex, I, I don't know if you got to, to watch much of this, but the decision to have Rhea Ripley win ahead of this, I'm okay with, but uh, I, I wouldn't be beating Bianca too much. No, 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 no. Like, I think I think Bianca, um, these two women are, are, are stars. They really are stars. Like, 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 this is the thing, like, if, if, if you asked me to, I'd say, okay, there's no problem. I can I can book these two to be the final two in the Women's Royal Rumble in January, and either one of them do you tell me wins? I can make that girl a star by April when she faces Becky Lynch for the women's title. Like you like they're so charismatic, they're so different, but they're equally charismatic and fantastic in the <laughs> ring. And these two women should these two women could be um this this generation's version of the Charlotte and Sasha. Like if one of them had the title, the other one could beat her for that title and then lose it the next time they fought each other. These two are evenly matched. They're so um, interesting to watch because they're so different, but they have both have like superpower moves and everything. I love both of them. I think it's, I think Rhea needs to be the one who wins this only because Bianca's faced Shayna in the past. Like it's, 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 
Shannon needs to be f- facing new people every time until yeah. she's finally beaten. Um, I don't. I wouldn't be beating Bianca too much either, but really, they would have to screw up so bad to not make Bianca like a yeah. incredible star eventually on on, on quote-unquote the main roster. The more reps that she gets, the better she gets. Like, I think Rhea Ripley's yep. probably ready in the ring, body language, everything now to win the Royal Rumble and be at WrestleMania. I think that's right. And I think Bianca is just like right there, like ready. Right there. Like she's rounding third and heading towards home. And like I, these are two, we always talk about the four anchors of that main roster division that they've protected in Bailey, Sasha, Becky, and, and Charlotte. And there, there are a few people I think could be there. I think that if Ember Moon worked on her promo work and her character work, I think she could be there. I think Rhea Ripley's right there. I think she's ready. And I think Bianca is almost there. If they got Tessa, holy crap. And imagine yeah. if you're running around with eight of those anchors instead of four, the way we're right. talking. Yeah. That would be very good. I like this. Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, I dig them too. Io Shirai, has, since the heel turn, is just coming to our own so, so much. It's, it's such yep. a great turn. We get a video recapping the attack on Velveteen Dream by Undisputed Era. Before Pete Dunn is interviewed about his loss to Damian Priest. And he says he doesn't care about Killian Dane. We also get a video package for Tommaso Ciampa's road to returning to action. We see Tyler Bate in the crowd as Matt Riddle comes out. And he's actually sitting next to Matt Riddle's wife. Did they acknowledge that was his wife and kids on TV? I don't think so. Okay, well. I didn't hear it. I I guess if you've watched a lot of the the behind the scenes stuff, you you know who it is. But understandable, that, that wasn't the story of the match. The story of the match was Matt Riddle beating Cameron Grimes. And along the way, Warren... He used a jackhammer. I know. And I I wish he would have speared that goddamn hat! (laughs) Why? The the hat is fine. Anyway. The hat is uh, so bad that Tyler Bate literally did nothing until Cameron Grimes touched that hat. When he picked up that hat, Tyler Bate said, No more! Now, you know why. Tyler Bate, if you follow his Twitter forever, like as long as the British Strong Style Boys were together, they're very stylish men, Sean. Why do you think he waited for Cameron Grimes to grab his hat is to mug him and make off with the hat? It was that clear. Anyhow, I'm wondering if if Matt Riddle took the time to call up Bill Goldberg and say, hey, uh, Bill, can I use your move? You think no, it's not what he was going to say? <laughs> Come on! Uh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm being. Of what, what, I'm he, being what is he going to say? What is it? Uh, he says, "Bro, can I use your move?" And Goldberg is going to say, "I'm not your bro." Yes. Thank you. And then, and then <clears throat> Matt will say, "Sorry, bro," and then hang up. <laughs> um. So basically, no. But uh, yeah, I mean, I saw. Yeah, I popped when I saw, when I saw the jackhammer. Calling it, or should we call it the Brohammer at this point, just to add yes. insult to injury? That'd be fantastic. Um, I loved this match. I thought it was something special that we weren't expecting. Uh, I loved the pace of it. I, you know, the um, uh, riddle with his kicks in the corner, the running forearms, the exploder out of the corner was great. Uh, I loved when Cameron, Cameron Grimes flipped uh, off of um, onto Riddle's back when Riddle was on all fours. Then immediately waist locks him, gets him into a German. I thought that was a fantastic spot. Uh, the final exchange where they had strikes. I love this match. I thought it was 
fantastic. And I really think that eventually we do have to have stakes as far as, you know, uh, in these types of matches. Uh, we should be. We should have guys wrestling for Cameron Grimes' hat. I think this is where we need to go. <laughs> down this, the line. yeah, this was awesome. This was just really, really good. And I mean, Cameron Grimes is so freaking good. He's way better than that hat. I'll tell you that much. Uh, and Matt Riddle, so good, one of the best in the world. And I think that uh, Cameron Grimes is up there too for one of the best in the country at the very least. He was having bangers in TNA. He was having great matches in I think CWF. It was. In minute, like 60 minute matches that were awesome over there. So I'm really happy to see him get this. And he's so different. He's got that southern vibe and the accent and all that stuff. It's so much, it's his own. And I like that. Now, you know, Alex, uh, I know that part of the thing that you and I criticize, and even Warren and I criticize about like the WWE draft is like, why would Fox or USA draft a team? And, like, why Why would anybody want to split up a team? You could just draft them both and trade right. the other one. Yeah. I could kind of see it if they drafted his hat away just to get it away mm-hmm. from him. Like, mm-hmm. I could understand that. Like, they just right. got to split him up. I get it. Yeah. So yeah. after the match, Cameron Grimes goes up and pushes uh, Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate then cracks him with a punch. Sure, I'm down for Tyler Bate and Cameron Grimes. Oh, absolutely. This is This is a great tease. Uh, Tyler, Tyler, I'm, so it was really nice to see Tyler Bate there. And kind of one of those things like you kind of forget like how ridiculously deep the NXT roster is, including NXT UK and now 205 Live. Like it's just all these people, like like 50 deep. Like you could just yeah. put guys in and have matches that you didn't know you needed. And hell yeah, Cameron Grimes versus Tyler Bate. One thing I want to mention is the Pete Dunn walking into the arena, uh, being interviewed with Tyler Bate, like his little hype man walking next to him. <laughs> and then uh, he does like I don't care about Killian Dane, and uh, and and and, uh, and and Tyler Bates' face is like, oh man, I love you so much, Pete. You're you're my best friend. And it was just like a really cute moment of like Tyler Bate being best buddies with Pete Dunne. And I love that they started out in NXT. Like I know they've been friends forever in real life, but in NXT they started out trying to murder each other, and now they're like just best buds. Yeah. I think that's a really nice story. I- I do still want to see some more out of uh, Pete Dunn, like from yeah. from a personality standpoint. And not yes. everybody's going to have that personality. Warren, right. I know you were like saying it in jest, but Tyler Bate versus Cameron Grimes, and if Tyler Bate wins, he gets to stomp the hat. Like that is <laughs> like one of those so bad it's good, like funny things. Because I guarantee you, if that's the stipulation, the whole crowd goes crazy as he teases stomping the hat, and then finally oh, sure. does it. Like the crowd go nuts over that what do you mean finally does it it's not going to (laughs) happen like no no but i mean if if we're going to book this properly you keep the heat on grimes and that amazing hat and he beats up no but uh, but in all seriousness uh this uh this is what i'm liking about this the the, this new era of of nxt we saw it pop up you know a couple of weeks ago when damian priest attacked p dunning we were like oh my god this is a match i didn't know i wanted it's the same thing here with grimes and bait this will turn out to be something fantastic, something I hadn't realized, and I'm entirely down for it. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. Uh, we had Brizongo and Swerve Scott against the Forgotten Sons now. Uh, Alex, how much of this commentary did you get to listen to? I didn't get to listen to much of that commentary. Oh, I, I forgot what was going on uh, on on AEW, but I, I was 
paying attention as much as I could because Brizongo in, in Top Gun cosplay well, is just that that wins everything. Well, let but. me stop you right there. Beth Phoenix says, and I quote, I asked Brizongo how to fly a plane earlier. They told me the key to a smooth ride was a secure grip on the throttle. But if it was too big and <laughs> it was too big that I might need to use both hands and then she gets cut off. Beth is, Phoenix this, is freaking hilarious. She did that last week with the construction thing. I forget what the, exactly what she said, but it's it's become a bit where she's like, "That's so good." She's amazing. She's great. She is. Swerve Scott replaces Kushida. Uh, however, nothing can replace my lack of giving a shit about anything that involves yep. the Forgotten Sons. Yep. The, uh, I do not care about them, Warren. Uh, Jackson Riker is the dullest big man in the business right now. And I will continue to keep calling him not Buddy Murphy until the end of time. He is so dull. And, and the Forgotten Sons are as well. I mean, it was... You can you can make an argument right now that the NXT tag team division is a bit is going through a little bit of a reconstruction, but you know, eighteen months ago, when you know the um, when the Viking Raiders were there, undisputed air was flying high. Uh, you had all these great tag teams, and you had them. They always felt like they were always a step behind, and it's it's just ongoing, man. It, I'm I'm done with uh, yeah. I, I'm done with the low rent Sons of Anarchy. Funny, for- funny, you call him not Buddy Murphy because the. Ironic thing is his t- tag team partner in TNA was named Murphy. So he's went from carrying the dead weight of a Murphy to replacing an awesome Murphy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I just don't care about these guys. And Swerve Scott and Brizongo get the win. Cool, it's, man. It's it's too bad because I think that Cutler and Blake have really come into their own as a team. Like they do, they're they're working really well. Like they're not, they're totally competent in their matches. But it's like I I don't I don't care. Dead and gimmick, it, man. Dead gimmick. Totally dead gimmick. Yeah, the yeah. idea of the Forgotten Sons being like this biker gang, also like possibly like veterans of the War on Terror. Like it feels like that kind of thing. Also going up against two guys who were vaguely homoerotic and, and this arrogant black guy is like a perfect. Like, combination if, of two guys who hate each other. If they want to do the jaded veterans of foreign war thing, sure, go yeah, there. Yeah. But but Look. dare to be different, dare to be cutting edge, dare to offend some people. I'm okay yeah. with that. What I'm not okay with is pff, aces and eight lights. I, I don't, or aces mm-hmm. and eights light. I don't want that, man. And anyway, if they're veterans of war, the war on anything, it's the war on hygiene. I can tell you that much. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Sip. Leo Rush is uh, joining the announce table and does so for Angel Garza, uh, who defeats Jack Gallagher. They bring up Jack Gallagher's catch wrestling background, which Leo Rush has no goddamn clue about. He goes, that's that snake pit strength. And it's definitely (laughs) not what that means, but I like Leo Rush here. He didn't try to bury anybody, and I like that too. He's a multi-talented dude. I like Angel Garza getting the win here. This is an all right role for Gallagher to be in. I mean, I I feel like Gallagher peaked in WWE when he was doing the umbrella gimmick and did that with Jericho, and that's okay. 
that's fine. Uh, maybe he'll be satisfied with that. Maybe he won't. But based on what I see and how I see them treating him right now, unless there's like a character overhaul, Warren, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see him really doing much else. Well, he's so, so talented. And that's the thing is like, even despite despite his heel turn in 205 Live or when he was doing the Umbrella thing, uh, there's always there's always something that he held back because then when he went when he was invited on NXT to I think and um, Alex maybe you can you remember this uh, a little more sharply than I do but it seems to me he was invited on NXT at some point to fight Drew Gulak uh, on might have been last year he's phenomenal like he 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 has the MMA background he's an ex, he's an astoundingly talented technical wrestler. There's a lot more of him to give. I think they're looking for a spot for him. It, to me, it feels like NXT UK is a natural place for him. But it, it, you know, uh, maybe they're just they're 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 testing the waters, looking to see what's left for him. But I don't think this is this is a wall for him. I don't think he has. I don't think he has a huge ceiling. But I don't think he's hit it yet. Um, but I mean, he did make. Garza, he helped Garza look like a million bucks. Not that Garza needed that much help. Garza's fantastic. I think he's great. I think this is a guy that should be on one of the major brands. He should have been drafted yeah. uh, on the uh, second round of uh, on, on the Raw, uh, on the second night of the draft. He's fantastic. He has a connection with the audience. He's astounding. He, he has a lot of upside. I think I think him or him or Mendoza would have been better suited for Raw. Then Humberto Carrillo, who they obviously see a lot of the same things in for, for a lot of the obvious reasons. They check a lot of the same boxes for WWE. Aaron Jay's fan says, Sean, Sean's arch enemy, Grimes' hat. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, big time. Rob Wilkins says, hold on. Rob Wilkins says, Warren, hope you're enjoying your time here. Sean, my Timberwolves won. What did CM Punk say when Edge tried to kiss him? I'm straight, Edge. Oh, God damn it. I got Simpsons again. Yeah, you did. Son of a bitch! Um, so, two things. Uh, I love that 205 Live is being basically formally folded into NXT. That anybody who's on the NXT roster who's under 205 pounds can compete in the Cruiserweight division, which means we're definitely going to get a Tyler Bate versus Leo Rush match, and I'm waiting with bated breath, bated breath for that. Oh. Also, um, I, I saw Gallagher versus Garza and immediately thought this was like a knockoff of a Street Fighter game in, like, 1994. It was, like, <laughs> England versus Mexico. And it was, like, also, like, one of those Jean-Claude Van Damme movies from, like, 1996 where a stereotype from every country fights each other in a pit in some billionaire's private island. It was perfect. I, I thought it was all really great. Also, uh, as Stone Osborne chimed in on the uh, the uh, veterans thing i mean he is a veteran he would he would know he straight up said WWE would screw up this angle i think the right person to lead that angle would be michael hayes of ovw who was on tough enough several years ago outstanding wrestler has done some mma training can cut a hell of a promo uh WWE loved him when he was on tough enough and man uh has some legit grievances to air too because i mean i know the guy and you want to talk about dudes that deserve a shot that guy deserves a shot because he's earned it I'll tell you what I liked. William Regal announcing today that Team Kick would face the Horsewomen for a top contender match. And this match was very short. 
Uh, I thought that Jessamine Duke performed very well. Her strikes looked good. Uh, Marina Shafir has some clunky stuff here. Like, mm-hmm. she did not get up for the choke slam. That was ba- – like, when you watch those back-to-back and you see Jessamine Duke, a much larger person, like six feet tall, getting way up there for it, and Shafir looks like Hulk Hogan taking one from The Undertaker in, like, 2 that's an issue for me. Um, Marina's getting better, but uh, Jessamine has made some some strides. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox winning here was the right move, and I loved the Kabuki Warriors promo after this. They seemed so condescending and like such assholes, Warren, and it was great. I, I loved this segment. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before, but I'm really digging the the uh, the heel turn. If only because Asuka then can start like screeching like a Japanese banshee, uh, just being completely, completely insulting, but uh, w- without anyone understanding what they're saying. Uh, yes, the the right team went over. It w- the, the next week, Kyrie and Asuka are going to get a hell of a homecoming. Um, it, it, if only because it, it's the right team won. If only because Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai are such natural baby faces. Hopefully, you know, it'll help counteract the dynamic of people just being excited for Asuka and Kyrie to be back in NXT for at least one night. Um, and as far as the horsewomen go, look, I, I agree, you know, they're, you know, they, they made some strides. They're not quite there yet. It kind of makes you kind of makes you thankful in retrospect that uh, the uh, four horsemen versus four horsewomen angle hasn't been uh, has been triggered, hasn't been triggered when probably won't be triggered anytime soon because yeah. there's still some work to be done. Yeah, I mean these two girls have wrestled for like a year, I think. So Yeah. I mean that, and they hadn't been on they hadn't been on TV since May. Yeah, and wrestling. Like the thing is they haven't like just wrestled at the performance center a year. They've pro wrestled a year. Period. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like they didn't spend time anywhere else before that. Uh so I, I like this. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Main event time, Roderick Strong defends the North American Championship against Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. I said this on Twitter this week. Of all the names that you would think are WWE, you'd think Dijak. But they're like, he can't have his own name. So we got to add an Ovic to it. And then let's let's make it harder than Donovan, which is what he used to go by. Mm -hmm. Dominic. I cannot wait until they shorten his name to just, just Dijak. And somebody tweeted at me and said, well, that's Triple H gaming the system because he knows they will. <laughs> so he added a bunch to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this match was awesome. Let's talk about the match before we talk about what happened after. Warren. Sure. This was awesome. It was awesome. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was, it was your, your typical uh, well, when I say typical, I mean, and I mean that amorously, um, uh, Dijakovic versus Lee match. And then you had like Roderick Strong, like bobbing and weaving throughout the whole thing. It's like, oh, this is a spot here. And then, nope, you're going to get, he gets tossed aside. It's like, okay, I'm going to train it here. Nope. And he gets moved aside. He did get some offense in, in don't get me wrong. He wasn't like, uh, he, he wasn't just like, um, avoiding offense. He had that, that great sequence where, um, where he um, where he he unloaded on on Keith Lee. He hit the the running forearms and uh, he, he actually had taken out Dijakovic before that with a backbreaker. So that was cool. Um, 
this was fantastic. It was really, really good. Another great, another great main event for NXT. If you ask me, this was super solid stuff. Yeah, I mean, when when you have a great combo like Lee and Dijak, which is what I'll call them for the sake of everybody's sanity. And then you add an ingredient like Roderick Strong, who can have a good match with any of the three of us tomorrow. Uh, that guy is unbelievable. And you add that. And by the way, WWE does these, I hate multi-person matches because every match is a multi-person match unless it has the invisible man or the invisible stand in it. Uh, but when you add him to that, that just, that's incredible. And like I said, WWE does those matches right. I like that Roderick Strong was able to gain the win because he's such a slimy little bitch. That's the thing. He's a slimy little bitch with shitty little boots. And, you know, last week, you and Alex, when you were talking about NXT, you were talking about how Strong is like the nerd of the group. right? And it seems to me tonight they super leaned into it because, you know, when he was cutting his promo before building the match, he was like, you know – William Regal put me in this in this match tonight with these two big goofs. You know, he put the <laughs> emphasis on goofs. There's nothing. There's nothing rough about that. I thought that was. I thought it was fantastic. And the way he won, how fantastic was his victory? Running in with a knee strike, flying knee strike on on Lee. It was fantastic. Yeah, man. There were some really great spots in this match. I dug it like. The, the flimping senton and then tossing Dominic back into the, the ring and the super spirit bomb that happens. But Roddy pin, ended up pinning Keith. Ah, this was smooth. Yeah. Uh, two big goofs is definitely something that like leave it to Beaver would have used to, to describe like ninth graders who were beating him up. Like it's, it's, it's so great. Uh, I look forward uh, to two big goofs in the Dusty Rhodes classic. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, I, I love this match. I loved how um, there was that great moment where uh, Lee and 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 Dijak um, basically eliminated Roddy on the outside and looked at each other and said, "You want to do this, you and me, for his title? Let's go!" Yeah, that was awesome. There was the, the I know uh, how much you hate Tower of Doom spots, Sean. Uh, the one tonight, I was surprised that at least two of those men didn't die during it. Because they tried to do, like, not just a Tower of Doom spot, but, like, a full-on stalling vertical suplex on top of a powerbomb, and it didn't go right. And I was like, mm -hmm. man, that was really, really dangerous. Uh, again, Warren, the finish of the match was so impeccably timed. Perfect. And I, like, it was one of those things, like, you always knew Strong was going to get back in the match at some point, but the fact that it was lightning quick, Perfectly timed, like as soon as Lee sat down in that in that power bomb, the the foot comes right into his face. Yeah, perfect. Well, let's talk perfect. about what happened afterwards. Tommaso Ciampa comes out. Johnny Gargano follows, and uh, you undisputed era still have the advantage. Well, three. Finn Balor makes his way out to the ring, and boy, did they swerve my ass because I was mm -hmm. I was already like, ah, okay, you know what, this will be fun, but. I'm so just tired of Undisputed Era versus Group of Guys. Mm -hmm. I'm so tired of it. So done with it. If they don't have a formidable group against them, I don't care. But then Finn Balor beats the living shit out of these guys. And it was outstanding. The drop kick that he hit on the outside 
Alex, I'll give you first crack at this one because you've had to talk to me about Finn Balor on far too many Mondays and Fridays for the last few years. And all we see of him is... Yep. That's it. We see him smile, pop his collar, throw a few stomps, and hit the bricks. Yep. This, uh, this, this is my jam. This, this Finn Balor, are you kidding me? This is, this is, something, this is inspired. Uh, I, I, I love, the, first of all, the turn could not have been more slick. Like, it was, if it had been covered in baby, baby oil, it would not have been more slick. Like, it was, <laughs> it was he, like, in, in, in the middle of taking off the jacket, he does the Pele kick. Like, it was just perfect. And the way uh, Ciampa reacted to it, it was very much uh, Dean Ambrose when Rollins turned on on Roman. He was like, "This doesn't compute." And I was that was great. All of that was fantastic. The beatdown was great. Um, I love that Undisputed Era flashing their little gang sign at at Finn, and Finn's like, "Nah, I'm just gonna do the little pointy point at at Gargano," which makes me think I don't know if this is like. Finn joining yes. the Spooded Era as much as it is him turning on Gargano, and I wonder if they're going to do this. It seems kind of obvious, but Finn was the darling of NXT when he was there. Like, he was there forever. He was the longest-reigning champ, and when he left, Gargano took over, and everyone rooted for Gargano and became, like, the he was... Gargano became, like, the face of NXT, and maybe it's Finn saying, no, 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 this is my place. So I don't know. We'll see if he's actually aligning himself with they, with uh, undisputed era, or if it's just him saying I I'm I'm anti Gargano, but sure. either way, this was awesome. Hannah Moore says I'm so excited. Praise Jesus and Triple H for finally <laughs> turning him heel. Can't wait for them to finally use my idea from July. Let me know what that idea is, Hannah, and I'll I'll read it on the air. Warren, I, hold on, hold on, Alex. You you said it's not I your did. turn. It's not my turn. <laughs> Warren came all the way to America for this. Warren, tell me what you think. Finn Balor turning heel. Long overdue in my opinion, but here we are. I'm a sucker for a swerve when it's properly done. This is what happened tonight. I was like, oh, I was sitting there with the, you know, sitting with Kristen. We were watching it and we're like, oh, well, there we go. We're getting our build up to uh, war games. There we go. We're starting tonight. You know. <laughs> And then, like Alex said, he starts taking off his coat. The Pele kick is impeccable. Like, the whole thing, it's like just one blur. And finally, a personality for Finn Balor. A personality giving him an attitude. And look what they look what giving an attitude did for Io Shirai. She was, she's always been a good wrestler. She was a little, maybe a little uh, deja vu uh, when, she, uh, when she was a baby face. Look at what it's done for. It cannot not do marvels for Finn. This is how most of us were introduced to Prince Devitt as a, 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 a just a, a smarmy, angry dude. So why not this? And are you kidding me? If this is if this is not the takeover match that I am already most excited to watch, Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor? You kidding me? Uh, this is absolutely fantastic. There's so much story that could be told. Like Alex said. Everything has everything makes sense, and everything will deliver a everything will point to deliver a fantastic match at Takeover. This was expertly done. So eloquent brings up a fantastic point that I am rather excited for. 
He says, do you think they let Heel Finn be the demon? That is not something we've seen before mm-hmm. and could be very, very good. And a heel Finn Balor as the demon is somebody that I could eventually see challenging a guy by the name of the Fiend. Hannah Moore mm-hmm. brings up a good point. Uh, OC and Undisputed Era. I could think of a lot worse War Games matches than that if they wanted yep. to go that route. And Finn was like, hey, listen, I got some of my buddies coming in from War Games. Yeah. Let's rock it. Any final yeah. thoughts on this, Warren? Um, the, 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 the demon thing may – in the lead-up, right, to, to tonight, you know, they were announcing Finn Balor's going to be there. And they had this I – think, I think it's Adam Cole. No, it was Finn Balor who tweeted it out on his timeline, picture of – Adam Cole looking at himself in the in the bath like in a bathroom mirror with the title, and you could see like the the eyes and the grin of the demon in the background. Right, everything was so perfectly built to this moment. Even on social media, they were still teasing that Finn Balor was going to go after uh, that was Finn Balor was going to go after Cole. Everything was wonderful. We were all surprised, and by God, if that's not one of the reasons why we love watching wrestling, uh, I don't know what is. Alex? I also think it's um, it's. I don't know if this is exactly what they did, but it seems like it certainly could have been. Hey, um, everybody, all these American fans who 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 uh, love the Bullet Club, love New Japan wrestling and that style of stuff, all of them, they're not watching WWE. And so they're boycotting NXT to watch AEW. And Hunter's like, okay, Bullet Club marks, let's see you <laughs> not watch NXT now. Now we got Prince Devitt. Now let's see what happens. So I don't know if that if that's going to like lead to like if them trying to like secure more of that audience back. We'll see. Also worth noting, Adam Cole, also a former Bullet Club member. Yep. Don't know if they'll play that up at all, but it's worth throwing out there. Reminder, guys, check out FightfulSelect.com. That is the most direct way to support what we do here at Fightful. Alex is there twice a week with First Hour Graps. I have the Backstage Report podcast every single week. We also had the List Goes On. It's the Listen Your Boy post show with myself and Jimmy every single week. Every single weekend, Steven Jensen has the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. Covers Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, uh, New Japan, NWA. Lots of great stuff there. So every single week, you're getting at least five podcasts. Then every month, myself and Warren usually do the retro reviews. Sometimes I have guest hosts on that. Uh, every other week, I'm doing Q&A shows. So you're talking like upwards of 30 extra podcasts a month. Oh, by the way, you get access to all of our exclusive news early, sent right to your inbox there at FightfulSelect.com. Warren, what are you snickering about, you child? Oh, I'm just happy to be here, Sean. What are you talking about? child. All Elite <laughs> Wrestling Dynamite took place tonight from Pittsburgh. Uh, lots of elements of Pittsburgh played into this, but we get the AEW World Tag Team Tournament semifinal. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final private party against the Lucha Brothers. This one went a while. The Lucha Brothers emerge victorious. Alex, what did you think of this kickoff match and uh, the effort that, that went into it? Um, this was the amount of innovation and just crazy spots that uh, was absurd in this match. Like, it was just so amazing to watch. And yet, I was watching it, and a few times I was like, oh, that's, they're, they're obviously waiting for something to get set up. Like, they're waiting, like, sometimes it was a second or two, sometimes it felt like much, much longer. Um, but, like, it, because the degree of difficulty was so high on some of these things, like, at some point, like, uh, uh, Phoenix did, like, a, a rope walk into a PK. Like, it was, like, it was nuts. These, some of these things were, were, were crazy. But I, I, I was watching this going, like, Private Party is, I mean, both those guys, Cassidy and Quinn, are, mm-hmm. like, those are guys that, like, wow, man, like, AEW's got a hold on to them because everybody's going to come calling for them in a couple of years because they're only oh, going to yeah. get better. They're, they, and it, so it, there's so much fun to watch. Uh, obviously can, can put on amazing high spots. Also, um, uh, it's pretty impressive that they were able to get into a time machine, go back to 2015, and do this gimmick that everybody – uh, on these dumbass Facebook groups, say is a ripoff of Street Profits. Impressive. Yeah. They yeah. have figured out time travel. Now, this is obviously a good match. So was the best friend, Young Buck Slater. Do you think that, from from your perspective, they were a little too similar in that regard? You get a lot of those high spots. Now, I mean, you, you get a lot of the, the very similar things. And my issue with both of the tag matches is... AEW refs do not enforce tags, as Eloquent just pointed out. That shit drives me nuts, and no amount of referee's discretion will tell me different. What are your thoughts on all that shit I just unloaded on you? No, no, no. I, I agree. <laughs> um, listen, the, 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 some, of the mo- some of the most fun I have listening to, to, to commentary um, is, uh, A, Tony Schiavone loves when Excalibur says the real names of stuff. And he's like, wow, like Centon Atomico. I've I've never heard of that before. That's awesome. I'm gonna call it that from now on. JR, what do you think? JR's like, yep, that's that's definitely what it's called. He like, said he, he said either at all. He said, and I quote, I love a tope suicida. I, I do, man. That's what he said. <laughs> he goes, JR, I do, do man. Like, like Excalibur was sitting next to him and looked at him through his mask, and Tony Tony Schiavone's like, No, really? I do. I mean, I remember, and he used to get a lot of criticism back in the day, when somebody would be sitting up and, you know, the old soccer ball kick on the WWE games, and Shivani would go, front leg, back kick. And I'm like, that's a just say it was a kick to the back, buddy. Like, if you're going to go that far. Um, but, but, yes, also the thing was that, that JR, nothing concerns him more in the world then guys not holding the tag rope. Like, he's just incensed by, like, we're not holding the damn tag rope. It's, it's there for a reason. Um, yes, it's it, it's weird. 
it, here's what it is. I, I honestly, AEW, just make it a tornado tag division. Yeah. Because that's what it is. And then we wouldn't have any, any, I, I or the, the spots are great. And we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have any objection to it. If you say all of our ma- tag matches are now tornado. Just tag. adopt Lucha rules where if somebody goes out of the ring, somebody can hop in. I'm okay yeah. with that too. Sure. Sure. Like, that too. I, I mean, to be honest with you, don't know how handy that would be in attracting a certain team whose contract expire in the spring. That, don't know how, how neat true. that would be. That but is true. I, I need some semblance of rules. The thing is, though, we don't ever have DQs, so why would a tag team give a shit about the rules, Warren? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, you know, this is... It, it's becoming more and more of a talking point, but like I said, you know, I think we've talked about this a little bit maybe it's because i've watched a substantial amount of new japan wrestling and to me like the referee's discretion is very very it can be very open and you know uh, uh um uh, uh people in the corner waiting to be tagged in horn holding on to the tag rope to the tag rope i've seen that millions of times in wwe there's sure. i don't know there's a lot of stuff where i'm like they didn't you know have what? tag Maybe. ropes until like 10 years ago. They got rid of them for several years even. That's true. See, so I, at some point I'm like, well, you know, is this really the hill I'm going to die on? Is this, you know, are the rules in a tag team match in AEW, is that, is that really something that is uh, clearly impacting my enjoyment of the matches? Which is not, by the way, spoiler alert, um, you know, we'll, it, it, it's it's okay, it's fine. But like I said, maybe it's because I've been watching New Japan for so long that it just doesn't bother me anymore. For for as much as I'll complain about that, I do want to give AEW credit for the fact that they have said it's at the referee's discretion. They've at least yes. made the effort to do that. Now, I don't have to like it, but I do have to recognize that they have at least given that. Now, a lot of people are like, well, if this was WWE, you would be shitting on it really hard. Well, as somebody just pointed out, WWE does this shit every week. And we have a long, extended track record. And that's the thing. I had a lot of people saying, well, you're not complaining about AEW yet. Well, as AEW forms habits and gives me reasons to complain about things, I will. Go ahead, Warren. Well, and you remember, maybe one of the things that 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 makes us react so heavily Remember, I can't remember exactly at what pay-per-view they had established their tag team rules. You remember this? And it was like, you know, when uh, double teams could happen, but the the, the other guy would have 10 seconds to exit the ring. And they had all these really convoluted, not necessarily convoluted, but very, very strict rules. And within the very first match that we saw, none of them were being applied. But, but they had, I remember they had taken the time to, like, run down the rules to this is how tag team wrestling in AEW is going to work, and, then, and there's nothing at all. So, you know, it's either – maybe it's a, maybe we're just going to extremes and there's not enough middle ground. There's either too many rules, not enough. Maybe we just need to find that sweet spot and we just don't have it yet. Yeah, I get the feeling Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins are pushing for referee Rick Knox to get hired by WWE <laughs> to save them some grief. Ah, <sighs> video package for Wardlow airs. That that's glad because he, he popped up in a vignette a while back and really hadn't been seen since. Sadie Gibbs hasn't really been seen much since she got into a backstage fight. But uh, glad to see that Wardlow. Wardlow's different than everybody else on this show, yeah. so I'm glad. 
Now they 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 need a, they need some hoss and they need it they need it fast. Yep. Now AEW did kind of go against conventional wrestling booking. They went tag team match after tag team match, right one right after the other. SCU Scorpio Sky Frankie Kazarian against the Dark Order. I tell you what, I, I like Frankie Kazarian fine. Uh, he's gotten himself in incredible shape. Scorpio Sky is a future AEW World Champion. Period. That guy is awesome. Stu Grayson is quickly becoming one of my favorite workers in the world. I dig those two. Uh, Dark Order, maybe, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of the act or the presentation, but goddamn, they can wrestle, man. They can wrestle, Warren. Oh, I'm, I am huge, huge on uh, Super Smash Bros, as they once were known. And I keep telling everyone, you got to keep your eyes on Stu Grayson. That guy is way too good. Um, I mean, <sighs> They're they're fantastic. Gotta say, I'm a little. It's I wouldn't have gone this route, but for, with the uh, with the AEW titles, uh, with the AEW tag team tournament. Excuse me. Um, I really thought that they were setting Dark Order up to be the big heel tag team in the in in the company in the division. Um, you know, winning the buy, just being overall jerks in the pay per views leading up to to Dynamite. Um, I'm really surprised they decided to go the route that they did and uh, just have them lose here. It's really strange. I thought that they were going to go all the way. I thought they were going to be the first champions and then, you know, have themselves set up for the Bucks, which would have been a compelling story. But, hey, I guess I don't know nothing about wrestling. So, Well, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that certainly would have would have been a viable story. But when the Lucha Bros attacked SCU and put Daniels on the shelf... Those two teams were definitely meeting in the finals. There was no other way of doing it. You don't do that angle without having yeah. the payoff. Maybe, maybe they, they they could have a third place match, but those guys are definitely fighting each other. So as soon as um, as Lucha Bros beat Private Party, then SCU had to win this match. So it kind of dropped my interest in it. Um, and I'm not as familiar with Super Smash Bros or whatever they are. Um, to me, they're I don't I don't know enough about them to be interested um and it, the, the 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 fat guy in the mask i i don't i don't know when he it just it's a weird thing like i don't understand i don't understand the context of bald white bearded karate guy with sagat hand wraps from street fighter with with a with a partner who looks like me with my shirt <laughs> off and 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 the mask on like i got the mask up there i can put it on take my shirt off which i'm not gonna do uh, and I would basically just be that guy for Halloween, and I, I I don't I don't know anything about them to be able to be like into it. So the fact that they're they're pushing this SCU versus Lucha Bros thing with Daniels on the shelf, that's the story that they're going to go with. I really think they should take the remaining teams from whatever the second round is, maybe do a, a four corners tag match like at the, at full gear. They're the top contenders. I, I think mm-hmm. that would. Make a lot of sense, and AEW is really good about adding stakes to things and making, like, just capitalizing off of that. Like, I'm waiting for them to reach like NWA power levels of just everything making sense, and like to almost a compulsive nature, everything on that show makes sense. And AEW is pretty close. Like, they're yeah. getting there outside of the DQ thing, which is becoming abundantly clear that it just doesn't look like they're doing DQs. And if consistency is an important thing to me. 
if it's just consistent that they're not de- doing DQs, well, you know what? I got pretty goddamn used to it in New Japan and ECW, so I'm pretty sure I can get used to it in AEW. And it is categorically different than WWE. So there are things that AEW does really well, and I think that adding a stakes, adding stakes to some of these people who didn't win is is a good way to do it. Also, I man... The more I look at Scorpio Sky, I'm like, damn, they're going to have to break him out sooner than later. He's just so good, and I think he's going to be a top, top name for them for for a while. I mean, it's crazy. I remember the first time I saw this guy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Human Tornado. Do you guys remember him from Wrestling Society X? He had the big afro. He played El Snowflake in Nacho Libre. Okay. The first time I saw Scorpio Sky was in this like less than 240p YouTube clip. You can still look it up. And he was wearing a mask. And he locks up with Human Tornado in a test of strength. And they both pull out knives and start swinging at each other to uh, beat it from Michael Jackson. <laughs> it was just the, the ultimate indie spot. And like this is how far this dude has come. Outstanding. Outstanding. Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega, very good, per usual. They ran this one back from AEW Dark. This one counts. Kenny Omega gets the win. Joey Janela has an outstanding showing. I thought that was a good way to put him on TV, Alex, at least putting him in this match. Yes, I mean, uh, the their Dark match got such a huge response, uh, and rightfully so. Like, I mean, I watched that thing, and I was like, this is like, a half hour long, these two guys are murdering each other in this street fight, um, and and it's on their YouTube channel. Like it was felt like a thing that they they're gonna do this, you know, put it put it on on the show. But I feel like that's also basically telling telling you you don't want to miss AEW Dark every week because this is the kind of stuff we're gonna show you. Mm-hmm. And because of that response, they said, "Well, let's run it back without the chairs and stuff, and we'll do it on the actual show." And this was this was a lot of fun. It wasn't as good as the other one because the other one was one of the damnedest hardcore matches yeah. I've ever seen. This was also very good, and I think that also a lot of people who were telling me like, "Man, if if they if WWE had Omega and they had him fight somebody of the caliber of Joey Janela and have Janela push him to his limit, you'd be shitting all over it, man." <laughs> like, I think you and I have different opinions of who Joey Janela is. I think and. And apparently different opinions of what you like. (laughs) That's also true. That's also true. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm really never going to be have a lot of qualms about like, you know, great matches. That's not a thing I usually shit on on Sour Graps. You almost liked the show Raw this week, which is Yeah, because there was good wrestling on it. (laughs) Go figure. Well, uh, Warren, your thoughts on Omega and Janela going at it? Uh, honestly, I'm not not quite sure what I can add more to what Alex said. Uh, I've uh, I Joey Janela over the past 18 months or so has grown tremendously on me. The first time that I actually saw him wrestle was at All In, uh, and he he had one of the top three matches of of the night. Um, and I like the idea. I've been look. I've been saying this for uh, for uh, a while now. I I am enamored with AEW's mid-card. I think they have fantastic people, uh, really, really talented and exciting people. We see Darby, and, and, and you see them put, uh, them being the AEW booking, put the, this talent into competitive matches with the top-tier talent. 
They did it with Darby Allen last week. They're doing it with Janela. And guess what, guys? That's how you build stars. That's how you create moments where people will be like, even though they're losing. I mean, let's be frank. Well, I'll be warned. You'll be showing me up. Uh, there was no way that Janela was going to lose, uh, was going to win to against Omega this evening. But, you know, just like when you sit down to watch James Cameron's Titanic, it's not about the destination because, you know, the ship sinks. It's about the journey. And Kate Winslet. Eloquent says Joey Janela sold the hell out of that V trigger. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. Rob Man. Wilkins said Andy Q had a good idea. Alex is evil Uno on select, maybe for Halloween. <laughs> Astros J says Brit versus Brandy looks like the route. So Bia versus Riho. I don't know. It looks like Bia versus Brit and Brandy versus yeah or yeah and Brandy versus Jamie. Maybe yep. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that momentarily. Cody makes his way to the ring. Now, a lot of you all didn't see this, but during the commercial, Cody tells the crowd that they're in a commercial and asks anybody if they have jokes. Nobody did. He's in there with an interview with Tony Schiavone. Now, the inner circle are all up in, like, a skybox. Warren, did I miss something? Were they banned from the arena? Why'd they need to buy tickets? I don't know. Does it matter? Because they're feuding with the president of the company. (laughs) Yeah, but... Do they ever refer to him as the president of the company? No, they don't. On TV, exactly. No, they really. they refer to Brandy as the chief Brandy officer, but yeah. I don't think they ever refer to Young Bucks, Omega, or Cody by their roles. Now, Cody right. says that there's no invisible wall here. Takes He says the other company, blah, blah, blah. I don't even think he needed to do that. I think he could have just said, there's no invisible wall the, here. The, the, the thing that got over the most from that first episode uh, uh, was or from the well, second episode, whenever it was, was was um, Jericho doing like that was that was a terrible idea from bad creative. And now that's gone. Like uh, when they take shots at WWE, it gets them a huge pop and it gets them exposure on social media. That's what they're doing it for. Yeah, I think less is more in in that regard because it was uh, such a it was such a throwaway line. Like he could have just said, "There's no, no sure. invisible wall here." Uh, in any of that, he he starts walking up, and you know they got the four and one advantage. Dustin Rhodes joins him. Then MJF joins him. Then, of all people, Diamond Dallas Page joins him. <laughs> Damn! I, you know what I would say if I were one. Of, if Jericho should have said, "Real cute. I know he's got a Lloyd's of London. He ain't coming up here. He's got an insurance policy that he won't violate." Jericho was hilarious with the ticket thing. He's oh, getting my. his ass kicked, Warren. And he's yep. just like, I bought a ticket. Yeah, I, I I thought it was fantastic. I mean, he makes something out of nothing, doesn't he? Right, like every time, just the most the most uh, mundane stuff, and he's just able to put it over. And I really like. Was it was it you, Alex? Last week we were talking about like Jericho leaning into like this Hollywood Hogan yeah role. When I saw them walking up to. The, the box to the yep. sky box. Yeah. I, I was like, this is such an NWO thing. It's a, it's P it was WCW Nitro. And I, loved, I it. loved it. It was, and, and you know, these are all smart guys. Jericho's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what this is referencing to. I, I like, I really like there is, 
something building here in that respect that we're really watching an NWO uh, a 2K NWO 2K uh, in all the way he's been reacting and the way just going up into the skybox this evening I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm 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 a huge fan of the JWO Jericho World Order for <laughs> wait 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 uh, for life. Um, uh, now um, uh, I I thought this was all great. I I loved the thing the, their interaction. From the skybox down down to the ring, uh, when he brings out Dustin and Stun, now it's four on two. Now what? And then then MJF comes out and is like, "What? I'm supposed to be scared of a guy wearing a scarf? Who yes. wears a scarf? That was just so perfectly meta. <laughs> it was wonderful. Then the beatdown where they started up, where 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 Cody punches through the plexiglass and they fight in the, in the concourse, and then Cody throws them into the Dippin' Dots. Not the Dippin' Dots, Cody. That's the ice cream of the future." Think of the future, Cody. So yeah, no, I, I I thought that was all fantastic. It was great. This was this was such a thing that like it was, this is. I love that AEW can lean into this side of who they are of just this great like stuff that the promo stuff yeah. that, that NXT isn't doing at all. There, there's comedy that isn't like corny and stupid, but right. it, but it is a little bit. But it's enough to where you can have fun with it. Like it that's feels right. like it's in the moment. Like somebody made a corny joke because they thought of it at the time. Yes, it's not insulting my intelligence. Down. Yeah, yeah. Warren, we talked uh, a bit about the Young Bucks and best friends earlier. Uh, Young Bucks picked up the win. How'd you feel about this one? Um, from what I saw, it, it looked to be a really uh, a really fun match. Um, you know, I think. Um, I, I think it's important, nonetheless, despite the fact that the Bucks own part of the company and that uh, and that they're really, really well known and you know, arguably one of the main attractions of AEW. I think it's important for them to pick up wins. They have been uh, they have been very, very. I don't know if gracious is the term we're looking for, but they have been losing matches. They haven't been overbooking themselves into positions where they're winning, winning, winning. They have, you know, they put over a uh, private party a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they, you know, at the pay-per-views as well, you know, they didn't win all their matches. I think it's, I think it's okay. I feel like there's, again, this is very, very smart here. Uh, don't go in with the Bucks looking too strong. Have them lose a couple of matches. Now they're coming in, getting a win over best friends. I think it's a good move. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the, with the win. It makes, it makes sense, and it doesn't look any, doesn't make anyone look bad. Alex, uh, there's obviously a lot to this match. It went a long time. Um, I, I'm okay with that considering the ingredients. Best friends are one of the best teams in the world. But so are the Young Bucks. If you're AEW, should you even do this match right out of the tournament? Or is it a situation where they're both over so you just do it? I think that the, the fans, this is the thing, is AEW's really leaning in the fact that the fans love all this stuff so they're not going to slow play stuff they're just going to here here are these two things that you love we're going to put them in front of you cheer them and we do because they have orange cassidy out there doing his his super kick spot got his uh, ass kicked too got his gas mm-hmm. kicked. okay and, so that, uh, that's a reason i don't have a problem with this people don't sell those kicks people don't right. act like they hurt and a lot of people are like oh my god i can't believe he's doing nobody sells them he gets his <laughs> ass kicked right after yes Yep. Yeah, and he does his hands in his pocket, jump off the top rope thing. Uh, that, like this was this was all fine and good. Like it, the problem I have with it is eventually you're going to get to a point where you say, "Hey, uh, wins and losses matter," 
And if you if you don't have anybody on the roster to just take losses, all their guys are going to wind up with like at like five and four. You know what I mean? And okay. it's like oh, like it's that's going to be difficult so to like you know put somebody above anybody else. Tell you what, old Blue Pants needs to be the person eating the pins based on what I saw from. Whew, wonderful lady, that was a terrible match. And as you look at the AEW roster right now. There are a ton of people that are two and three, three and two, two and two, three and three. Jungle Boy's zero oh and five. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So I mean, like, he's eating the pins right now, and that's okay. But and this is based on what was up there right now. But Scorpio Sky, this guy who I'm talking about, looks like a big star for them in the future. Four and three overall, three and zero oh in trios, zero oh and two in tag teams. Also, bless AEW for keeping those and putting them on the website so I don't have to. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Dr. Britt Baker defeats Jamie Hayter. I did an interview with Jamie Hayter earlier this year if you guys want to check it out. Dr. Britt Baker gets a hero's welcome in Pittsburgh. Not only that, as much as I hate the goddamn Pittsburgh Steelers, Alex, that was a very cool entrance to have that mascot there with her. It, it it made it feel a little bit more big time. It made sense to do that. I liked it. She got the rub from Steely McBeam. Uh, whoa, does whoa. does sound like a blue chew ad. Consi- yeah. yeah. <laughs> My God, pal. That's his name, Steely McBeam. He gave her the rub. By the way, Joseph um, Farley says, I wanted the best friends to win just so Chucky e. T could say the S word. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Uh, yeah, this this was this was good. Uh, like I said, I I, I think uh, Jamie Hader interests me. I'm I'm interested to see where where she goes with this. We'll talk about this in a sec. I'm sure she's apparently getting into an angle with Brandy Rhodes, though I don't know exactly what she, that is. Jamie looked uh, awesome tonight. Yeah, yeah, she really did. Uh, she's super charismatic, um, and, and it does feel like they're positioning Britt Baker. Um, as 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 this face of this women's division, Rio's the champion and, and deservedly so. Nyla Rose is this uh, force of nature, and then there's all this other stuff that's kind of taking shape, and we're trying to figure out where all that's going to be in a few months. Um, but I'm 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 looking forward to seeing where all of this takes us. So Britt Baker gets the win uh, with the Rings of Saturn mandible claw. Uh, my only that's the other thing. I love that she 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 does an RKO, then her uh, like drift away, Elisa drift away, then rings of Saturn, then a mandible claw. Like nobody's stopping that. Like, yeah, that's that's a, that's a finisher you do not get out of. <laughs> also, I I don't know if I don't know how well versed she is in it, but the original mandible claw, you reach underneath, and that's what yeah. causes the the paralyzing aspect yes. of it. I wish she would add that. I mean, she's already shoving her fingers in somebody's mouth. Uh, that's that's one of those things. Like eventually, I'm going to do a video on wrestling moves that'd be illegal in MMA. You're not allowed to do that in MMA. You can't stick your fingers in any orifice, any orifice, sirs. Yeah. Not even you, Steely McBeam. But uh, after the match, uh, Britt Brit gets a good win. She keeps getting better every week. She gets better. And like I mentioned before, she was not in developmental. She was not on TV. So she keeps getting these reps. And I saw somebody say. Can we please push somebody else in this division? And I was like, wait a second. She wasn't in the first title match. She didn't no. win the title. She just got signed first and has been pushed pretty well. Like that mm-hmm. she's not the only one getting pushed, but there's no. she's always gonna have a stigma to fight because she was the first person signed. Yep. 
Yeah. She will always have to fight that. The way that Adam Hangman Page is always going to have to fight it, the fact that he was the first person to come out and say, I want to be AEW world champion. He'll always have an uphill battle there. After this match, we see Jamie Hayter getting interviewed by Jen Decker. Brandy Rhodes comes up and socks her one. All right. Wouldn't mind seeing this on AEW Dark, I guess. What do you think, Warren? Yeah. Um, it was a bit out of the blue. It was a bit out of nowhere. But uh, I'm wondering just how serious they are about Jamie Hayter because Jamie Hayter is fantastic. And, you yeah. know, I, if, if you know any of you out there are not familiar with her work, Go check out what she's what she's done in stardom. Go check out what she's done in Pro Wrestling Eve, which was really her stomping ground. She is fantastic. She is an enormously good get for the women's division. A women's division, if we're being all honest with, you, with each other right now, is really lacking in depth. Uh, despite the fact that they're sitting on Sadie Gibbs, uh, not doing anything with her, which still boggles my mind. Despite the fact that they're choosing not to do anything with Penelope Ford, really... Um, she's got some work. The, she's got some well, work she's got to do. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, the, there's there there's um there's uh, adding a woman like Hater to the division is such a good get. And I swear, if all of you after the podcast go look up on YouTube or you know sign up for Eve's on demand service and check the, check out what she's done, you will all be floored. She is amazing. We'll see what happens with Brandy. It, it is a bit out of nowhere, but if Brandy puts herself in a position where she's going to put, where she's just got, okay, I'm going to put Jamie Hader over. I'm okay with that. That's absolutely fantastic. Alex, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm again. I'm what I've seen of Jamie Hader, admittedly, is is less than than others. What I saw tonight, I was intrigued by. I'm interested to see where she goes. The fact that they're giving her the rub, again, I'm using that phrase uh, with by putting her in a match with somebody as important to the company as Brandy. Uh, in a feud with that, that's interesting. I also wanted to point out, I've never seen somebody just just point at an, at an interviewer menacingly and then walk away as a, as a response to a question. I like Brandy's that. just like, Brandy's just doing this very menacingly, and then she leaves. That was great. Main event time. John Moxley, pack. Pack attacks early on, and it ends up going to a time limit draw. Gotta say, consistency is key for me. This is consistent. I like it. I don't know if I would like it live, although I had people hit me up live and say, I liked it. It is a lot less of a cop-out to me than a DQ, than a stupid babyface distraction, than any of the Mm -hmm. things you use to protect other people. Especially in this sports-based, wins and losses matter, both are very good guys type of thing. Alex, this match ruled. It was great. But That's what did awesome. you think of the match and the decision to go to a time limit draw? I I love that these two guys are just, uh, well, one of, the, one of them literally just bastards. Like, like the idea that, that, that um, Pac comes into it after having been, like, you know, uh, <laughs> abandoned and and uh, uh turned on by Moxley in their tag match last week so he's got everyone like basically like he should have the moral high ground going into this match nope he attacks Moxley on the ramp and immediately we're back we're back to even now we don't know who we like and who we don't we're not supposed to like either of them that's the point 
I love that that's that that it's okay for these two dudes who are just reckless and crazy and assholes to, to have a match. We don't have to like say one guy is the baby face and one guy is the heel. Like this is just great wrestling, and I loved all of that. Um, it was a it was really a lot of fun to watch the whole thing. Um, some really cool spots. Uh, Eloquent um, in our super chat points out the headlock DDT on the apron. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that yeah. That, that that was going back to the uh, to the old old uh, Dirty Deeds finisher. I love that. Um, but I also love 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 time limit matches. Like going yeah. back and watching the old TV title on WCW where everything was a ten minute match and that was it. You got ten minutes. Get this thing done. And there were so many awesome finishes to matches. And those in those those feuds where the, the the challenger had a minute left and he was just doing everything he could to get a pinfall because all the other guy had to do was kick out and he kept his belt and that was that's so interesting to me and uh, this is this is something that, that that I think AEW can do that that separates them from WWE because they never do this that that would actually help them to like, of... draw a distinction. My favorite thing about wrestling is wrestling psychology. I love it. I watch seminars on it and all that stuff. If you all ever have the chance to take in one from Matt Stryker, he's very good about the whys of pro wrestling. If you've got a time limit, and not just a time limit, but they say TV time remaining. So it's not even 15 minutes or anything like that. That affects your pace. That affects your will to win. Like you said, if there's a title on the line, it affects your mentality of do I need to win or do I need to survive? type of thing. There are so many more elements that go into it. If you've got a submission wrestling match and you know you got five minutes to get a submission, you're going for it. Your pace mm-hmm. is a lot different. You're not sitting there relaxing to make sure you don't gas out. You're trying to get that submission and pin or submit the person before that time is up. I love that aspect of things and I dug the time limit draw. And for somebody to come into our chat and say, well, if it was WWE, you would be shit all over it. Well, not necessarily. Not if it was consistent. No. Consistent and sense are the two most important things to me. If something makes sense and if the program is consistent, that's the baseline and I'm probably going to like the wrestling show. If they decided, like, on this coming uh, on Monday... From now on, all U.S. title matches have a 15-minute time limit. I mean, I'd be like, okay, now I'm interested in the U.S. title. Like, do that. For the love of God, WWE, do something different and new and interesting. Like, I would not shit over that at all. Of that at all. Like, I, I think it's so crazy the idea, like, you just hate this because WWE. You just like no. this because it's AEW. No, I like, I like things that are good, and I don't like things that are bad depending on what, what, what they're <laughs> in. That's I'll be honest, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, in the era of Luther Reigns and Kenzo Suzuki, yeah. I wasn't going to give a shit about time limits or anything. Right. It, the thing is now, almost everybody in WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, uh, AEW, almost everybody can work. Yeah. That wasn't the case yeah. even so six true. or seven years ago. Yeah. We had a lot of people that just couldn't work. And still, you've got the Mahabali Shearers of the world. Still, you've got some people that don't belong there. But almost everybody can just work because, quite frankly, the people that are left, the wrestling fans that are left, after all those Godzillas that couldn't work a goddamn lick drove people away, are the people that want to see good work. 
And almost everybody can do that, and especially if they have a time limit, that adds a little component to it. Warren, you want to put a bow on this one for us? Sure, real quickly. This is often when we when we talk about you know letting wrestlers, letting the stories happen in the ring as opposed to always being on the outside pouring in. This is this is an element. This is just a it's it's a it's a story device. The time limit that you put in there to add drama, add interest to the match. It doesn't matter if one guy spat on the other guy's jacket ultimately to get to where we are in this match today. It's what's happening within the ring that really, really does matter. And that's so when we say when I say we, I mean, I'm mostly talking about myself that if you let talented wrestlers tell their stories in the match, you don't have use for the artifice outside, necessarily speaking. I'm not using that as a catch-all. But it is possible to tell matches, match-to-match, match, uh, tell stories, excuse me, match-to-match match between wrestlers if you give them the devices and the tools to be able to tell the stories within the, within the confines of a, of a wrestling match. One word, Alex. Who won, NXT or AEW? NXT. I'm I'm gonna go ahead. I, I usually wait until you guys. I gotta go NXT. It's my show, so I'm gonna say the Balor thing tipped it. I don't think he could get much bigger than the Balor turn. Warren, one word. AEW. Hey, there we go. Uh, reminder, guys, check out Alex Sourgraps on Select. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. If you don't, I will find your, your mother's phone numbers. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call them at a ridiculous hour of the night. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't know. I might tell them to subscribe to Fightful Select. I might say something obscene. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm unpredictable. Yes. Follow Mr. Warren Hayes at Mr. Warren Hayes. Follow Alex at Pawlowski the Fourth. We went a long time tonight. This is probably our longest post-show review in a while. But if you guys want some more, if you're craving some more, I did a two-hour gameplay stream of WWE 2K20 last night. I am very tall. Uh, I will do more. Uh, I'll do some for career mode. I'll do some for some of that stuff. I'll do some for the creation suite and all that good stuff. Editing my, my SRS move set to give myself some good old giant moves. Very excited. And you know what, guys? I am very excited. Hold on one second. That you guys could go on this very tall. Let me make myself way bigger than you guys on this, this window. There we go. Now I'm bigger than you guys on this journey. Thank you, guys. Thumbs up. Subscribe. We're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.